Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear, you can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNB, the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. When I have something scheduled, like, and there's not much else on my schedule, I will still figure out a way to like accidentally be late to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not doing much these days. Usually if I have one thing on the calendar, it takes up my entire day and everything I do ends up being around that like errand, that single errand I have to run at two o'clock. But um, right now I'm not, I'm not really up to much. So I welcome an opportunity to, to, <laughs> to break the monotony. Oh, well, welcome to Why Not Both. It Thank hopefully you. is better than the monotony. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, you said that you usually are doing a bunch of stuff. And now is it because of like the current um, like gestures to the, the scary everything <laughs> outside? <laughs> but, <laughs> Um, yeah, that has something to do with it, but this time of the year, um, I just happen to not have a lot going on. Um, there was going to be a Europe tour at the end of February, but that's just been canceled. So I truly have literally nothing until, until April. And so it, I'm letting myself have, you know, an easy uh, transition into like the new year and the fall was really busy with, um, an album release and, uh, release shows and tour, um, and then straight into the holidays. So it was kind of a really, it was like, go, go, go for several, several months. It felt like, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just allowing myself to, to take the time that I need and, um, yeah. And not, and not worry about filling up, filling up my day too much if I don't have to. I like that. I was thinking what you said about how, you know, the fall and then like with the winter holidays. And it made me think of almost like seasons because I mean, quite literally seasons, (laughs) (laughs) but now it's like the season where you're just like, no, we're just, we're just chilling and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think sometimes we feel a lot of pressure to be like, but what if what if I don't chill? Is there stuff to fill my time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. What, I guess like in those times, like how do you like to kind of like spend more of your downtime, especially with all the frenetics of the fall? Like what kind of, I guess, refuels you when you're in this kind of state? Um. So lately I've, I've been reading um, a lot, which is, I've always really enjoyed, but um now I actually have time to it feels I mean it, it's funny to say but to to be able to sit down to read something and not have to look at the clock at any point and not have to worry about what block of time I have to fit my reading into um that's that's really special and it and it makes reading that much more enjoyable um when I can just read for as long as I want to so I I've been reading um I've been watching a lot of movies um, and lately this week, my, so my girlfriend works from home. And so we're always in the house together, um, yes. at all, every single day, all day long. <laughs> um, so we have like little moments of, we try to give each other space throughout the day so it doesn't get too overwhelming. But this week we've been doing like Marvel movie night every, every night. Um, we make dinner and then we watch, we watch the first Tom Holland Spider-Man and then we watch... <laughs> the two most recent Avengers. So we're catching up to watch the newest Spider-Man. So that's been fun to just like not, you know, we're, we committed to doing it every single night this week to watching wow. you know, these two hour <laughs> superhero <laughs> movies. Um, so that's nice. That's, it's, it's another nice excuse to, um, to really not think about 
anything. Um, yes. Like, and, and it's, and I haven't, I haven't seen too many friends, um, the past few weeks. So it, it, you know, if, if we have to be at home, um, might as well give us, give our, give ourselves something to look forward to. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I was just like, oh, this warms my heart. Cause yeah, like every, every Shabbat, like my partner and I make a point to like do something nice, but chill together, whether mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like getting a dinner that we like or sharing a book with each other. It's like, we do something to kind of mark like, oh, this is the ritual of just like, all right, let's chill together. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, that's commitment. Like every night a Marvel movie. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I admire your commitment to Sparkle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We, I mean, we watched the, when we watched the first Spider-Man, we were like, this is so fun. It's so good. Now let's watch the movies that happen in between. I mean, we can't watch all of them, but we're at least coming to a few. Um, Yeah. I secretly love these superhero movies. (laughs) That's so fun. And like, it's interesting, like as an artist, I think that, you know, sometimes we have to have times when we're taking in like media and art and movies and all that stuff. Like I'm about to share what we do with the shadows with him. He's never watched it before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So excited. Tomorrow's like our inaugural, what we do in the shadows night. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And like, it's interesting because when I talk to other artists about like what they like, um, I don't know. Do you experience this when you're actively writing? Do you just like take in a lot of stuff or do you like kind of abstain from other like music and stories and stuff mm. and focus on your own? Um, I, I usually try to take in as, as much as I can actually. Um, cause I find, I don't, it, it makes me more generative when I, if I'm actively like listening and watching things that I love. Um, I feel like I can't help but but get really excited and want to try something new because um, I think it's really hard sometimes if I'm just focused on myself and what I know how to do and what I am trying to learn. Like I I, I find myself coming up against walls. I think and and I get bored and I and yeah. it's hard to feel it's hard to feel like this regeneration of what I even of how to challenge myself of how to um, try new things. And so usually if I'm in a rut or if I'm just eager to try something new, like I'll watch a bunch of YouTube videos, like live videos of people playing, um, the artists that I like. And that will, that oftentimes makes me inspired to, even if it's just spotting like one single guitar chord shape that I hadn't seen before, sometimes that can be enough to like, uh, jumpstart me into something new. Um, or sometimes it's like, or sometimes it's watching a film that I really love and, or, or, and, and I'm moved by or, um, or reading too. I, I definitely try to like take in, take in as much as I can. Cause it just, it helps me expand my world and, and, and get excited to create. Yes. And I love what you said about that. Sometimes it can be this like tiny kernel in someone else's work that you see that you're just like, oh, I, yeah. never, I never thought of, oh, let me try that thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <gasps> I love that. And I'm, I'm a big book nerd. So I must ask, I was like, what have you been reading lately? Mm, um, I, a cup, I just finished a couple of things. I, I read, uh, Hanif Abdurkib's latest book, A Little Devil in America, um, about, um, uh, there are different essays on black performers throughout history. Um, but I always have loved his writing and he's one of my favorite authors ever really. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm picking up my phone to put that in my reading list. Yeah. Like... All of his work is really good. And he writes about music a lot, um, mm-hmm. and is a huge music fan. So, um, I really enjoy his, his work. And then I read, I just finished a novel called animal by this author named Lisa um, Tadeo. I'm not sure how to say her last name, but. Oh, she wrote Three Women, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, this book is really, I I kind of just ran through it. It really, um, it was extremely captivating, really devastating, to be honest. And um, 
kind of just like heart wrenching at times, but but in a I don't know, and like a, in a, in a very like attractive way, if that makes sense. Like her writing is is very propulsive and really um, kind of like dirty and ugly, and in a way that I don't mm. uh, often read in um, in novels. So I, it was really. It was great. It was a great read, but also be prepared for like some hard stuff, I would say. Got it. Yeah. Uh, have you read My Dark Vanessa? Mm-mm. I think that's what it's called. I I have this thing where I can always picture the cover of the books that I've read and then I try to like read the cover. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what it is. That's so interesting that you talked about that, you know, that it had that like propulsiveness, but also that darkness in it I'm gonna look up the name because yet again I'm like is it the right thing Uh, (laughs) I'm like what's it like not having ADHD I have no idea (laughs) relaxing Uh, (laughs) yeah it's my dark Vanessa and the author is Kate Elizabeth Russell Mm. um and it had it sounds like almost a similar thing to it where I I found myself so uncomfortable reading parts of it because it was like it wasn't that it was outlandish or unbelievable but it was like it took you to places that were valuable but uncomfortable psychologically Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um was this at all similar in that aspect or um a little bit I mean I think I I kind of I welcomed the discomfort a little bit because I I I think I appreciate whenever women find ways to write stories about women that are not um like pleasing really um (laughs) like I I think I just appreciate that and so I didn't mind the discomfort um I think I think by the end it was it just it was it was like just a little sad and so that's always you know just something that you um when something really brings you in that's it that that's just like an an added weight to it but um but yeah maybe so it sounds a little similar to that feeling I have to check that out she's already the reason why I didn't put that on my book list I was like I don't want it to feel left out I was like I already I was like I'll remember it because Lisa Taddy I was like okay I already know that author yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah oh my gosh I love also what you said about that you can sit and read and not have like a timer on yourself because especially mm. when we're describing you know promoting the album and things like that I feel like sometimes people who aren't musicians um don't have as much insight into like what it's like when you release an album like that and what yeah. happened yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh yeah I I I think leading up to the release I really had to emotionally and psychologically prepare myself because it is the album cycle is extremely uh all-encompassing and 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 draining I think mostly because as so many artists talk about right now so much of music promotion is just uh like self-presenting it's 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 the self and the image that you make of yourself to give to people on online on social media and I think, you know, it would be one thing to prepare to release an album and to do like press and do interviews and then release it and have it be out in the world. But it's another thing to, you know, have to post selfies so that the most people see them and have to come up with um, cute and funny captions and have to stick to like an algorithmic cycle of um, if I don't talk about myself this many times in a week, not enough people are going to pay attention and I'm not going to sell records and I'm not going to sell tickets to my shows. And so I think that's, I think that's become the biggest burden, I think for me, but, but for many other artists as well. And of course there's, there's all of the excitement too. Like it's, it's a very joyous and thrilling time as well to, to finally release something you've been working on. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't help but um, but be a little bit jaded about it too. Yeah, um, about what about what the industry has kind of um, turned into, or at least the the like the mainstream like established 
yeah go-to way that that people have come to to release music right now well and it's so strange because creating that image of oneself it's like I find that it's almost like an extreme version of qualities that you already have like it's not like you're creating necessarily someone entirely new right but it's like emphasizing certain parts of yourself and it's like that becomes then the means to have genuine interactions with people because people mm -hmm. then see your music like mm -hmm. but it's this weird thing because then they're interacting with almost this like extreme version of like three of your qualities yeah, right. <laughs> like, but they're yeah. coming to you with like all of them like I think it's so interesting yeah. during this time that we've all related so much online but I think about like parasocial relationships that we have with artists but what we're having that relationship with is what you just talked about is that like mm -hmm. that portrayal of what we choose to put out and that's not even mm -hmm. in like a malevolent way but it's like you can't put every aspect of yourself online mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's something that's been, I think, the biggest shift in the last, for me, for the last, in the last couple of years is, um, it has been a shift in how, what I choose to share. And I think for when I was younger, I felt this really strong attachment to like being an authentic, yes. honest, um, like version of myself on online and, and, but of course it was still like curated yeah. every step of the way, <laughs> but I still, like, I felt, it felt so important to me to, to present that. And now I, I really care so little about, <laughs> about anything that I share and, and what, and what anybody thinks of me really. Um, <laughs> uh, but I didn't, it didn't used to be that way, but I think it's, it's become maybe a necessary liberation for myself and, in being like a semi-public facing person and the smallest, you know, in my very right. small little, little world. <laughs> yes. What it's interesting also that you said, like, now I don't like, it's almost like you wanted to be authentic, but that made you curate more. And now that you're like, oh, I'm not that concerned. It sounds like it almost like, <laughs> it's like it almost switched. That's really interesting. Yeah. What, I guess, like what caused that changeover? And do you find that you do interact differently with the people who come to your music? Um, I think, I think when I, I think releasing something like the first thing I released, it was, it was really just for fun and I had no expectations. And so then, but, but kind of building a career out of it and, and like facing my future and, and deciding what kind of artist I wanted to be and what I wanted to make, I think I had to choose to like recommit my art to to myself mm -hmm. because I think it's very easy to to like step into this career and industry and 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 lose sight of that and um and think a lot about like what your work means like in I don't know in like this grander scheme of the world or your or just the music industry or maybe just your your city's music scene or anything like that mm -hmm. so I think I I think I it, it's an ongoing process of of reminding myself who my work is for, which is ultimately me. Um, and you know, everyone I else to share it with is like a bonus. Um, and and kind of like reminding myself of it's, it sounds a little cheesy, but that like of the gift that it is that I get to even like write songs and share them. And um, and so I think like that kind of internal shift, like, uh, like automatically kind of shifted the way that I relate to the people who like consume my work or consume like my presentation, um, yeah. as a person, because, um, you know, because it's a shift of, of understanding that it's not for them, but it's, it's always going to be for me. And yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating because music is like such a communicative art form, but I feel similarly that it's like, I realized I would write music even if I didn't share it. Like I, I would still make it. It's mm -hmm. like bonus round that we get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then the, do you get the feeling? It's so funny. Someone, someone was chatting with me that they were, uh, their flight was delayed in Glasgow 
and they were listening to one of my songs on repeat and they just messaged me being like, I'm so glad I have this song. Like it's really soothing. And like, mm. that's so cool that something yeah. I got to make is like helping someone chill out. Well, cause no one likes flight delays, like zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I guess, how do you feel when you get those interactions, especially because we have been, we've been forced to, you know, not be around people. And for good reason, obviously we want to keep each other safe, but it's been so strange to share this way and to not be able to necessarily connect as much like live. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was one thing that was really great about this um, most recent tour is I met, there were at almost every single show, there was at least one person who came up to the table afterwards to talk to me about uh some way that one of my songs had touched them um or meant something to them in their life or altered something that they um were going through and that um that was that's always incredibly humbling and 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 special to to hear and um because it does feel impossible in a way um that you know anything that i would make would would be that important to somebody that I don't know at all. Um, but it also, and, and it's also reassuring that, um, that the way that I write and the way that I can continue to make in this, you know, in this, in this, uh, with this focus of like being really like true and honest to myself, um, that it will continue to mean something to other people, no matter what. Um, that I don't have to worry about that being the end goal. Um, uh, like that, that will just, that will happen. Um, which is like the magic of music, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like this magic of, and I don't know if you have this experience, but I often when I'm writing or when I'm really focused on an emotional experience, I almost like forget that other people have these emotional experiences or have resonance with this. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Get a state of like, I'm the only one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Like, no, I'm like a a little human being like everybody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're like, I felt that way too. And you're like, you did? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's such a funny experience. I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I love that you were talking about gaining a lot of like inspiration for different ideas from what you consume, like media wise, because I love, obviously, I love talking about books. And I'm like, restrain yourself, Pam. Do not talk <laughs> about the books. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious, like so many times people pigeonhole, especially like female and female presenting artists is writing only biographical music. Um, how do you feel about that? Like, because I like that a lot of your, your songs are like stories. And so it's like, of course, some of what we write is drawn from like how we feel, which is our personal mm-hmm. experience. But have you ever felt that way that people are like, oh, so did this literally happen to you? Mm. Yeah, for a while, I, um, like I would get, I, w- I would always get so annoyed when people would call me a singer songwriter, because it was a similar thing of that, like something I think is mostly a, a phrase that is mostly ascribed to women who make music, you know, as, as opposed to just being like a musician. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was connected to that idea of like, I am only writing these like confessional songs about every single thing that I experience, And then I kind of let that go and decided I didn't really care about that that much um, about people thinking that. And, and the thing is, like with my last album, I and I guess with most things I write up until this point, I usually sit down with with an experience or with um, or even just a feeling um, that I like have felt or that had that I have come across or or just like sat in in some way and that that's often the the starting point for a song but I think I have allowed myself I I I think I used to feel pressure to only write things that were true um (laughs) that that like I like I can only sing this if I if it is true and if it is something that I know um and I I think that I have been able to let that go and 
Yeah. A lot of my songs now start from a true experience and a true feeling, but but the 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 language and the and the experience that the song turns into um can be so is sometimes something I I make up and or that feels that still feels honest but isn't necessarily something that I um like went through like word for word um and and I think that's okay and I I think I've I'm in a moment right now of thinking about writing new songs and and what kind of songs I want to make moving forward and I I'm feeling a little bit excited about this idea of like not taking my songwriting so seriously. I think I always really, it was always very important to me for it to be like, like beautiful and honest and, and, and emotional in every way, um, which I think I, I naturally leaned on when I'm writing. So I think that will happen anyway, but I'm, I, I'm, I've been considering what it would feel like to write to write songs that like didn't take all of those things so seriously mm-hmm. and that maybe we're just like a little bit simpler and a little bit like dumber not in a mean way just like <laughs> not so like you know just like be like a little bit more about nothing um because yeah. that's another thing that i think like male artists they write sometimes you listen to a, bands i love sometimes i listen to their lyrics and i'm like Dude, you are singing about nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You know, and I <laughs> and like I love the songs, but it is funny when you really sit down and are like, oh, like some of these men are singing about nothing. About and so yeah. And so it's like, I don't necessarily think I want to write songs like that. I like that my songs have meaning to me and yes. have meaning to the world. But I think it could be I, I've never given myself that space to to be like, what could it be like to just write, just write a song that isn't really about anything? <laughs> when you break it down, is not really coherent, but together. <laughs> right. <laughs> the song that sprang to mind that I was like haunted by was like, I think it's the killer song, like the "Are we human or are we dancer?" What does that mean? What? Who's to say? <laughs> 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 like who's huh? to say yeah and like, <laughs> like giving yourself like permission like you were talking about earlier even like um female writers and female characters that have permission to like not be pretty or not be tidy or not have everything like wrapped up or be yeah you know, so it sounds almost like permission to be something other than like pretty and precious, which like, yeah, I love pretty and precious. I'm right. Like, you know, I'm me too. <laughs> a giant, pretty, precious piano. Like, literally, I, I love and so, yeah. like, yeah, but it's like the permission to also not be that and that it's, you know, we don't often get that. And I like when I see that in media because you're right. It's rare. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, and I've, I've really, I've made that's I've made so many songs that are that are so pretty and I and I love pretty songs but I like even on this last tour I have one song on the record called sorry it's not enough that has this kind of like fun dark outro um but we on with my band we made it um we were usually playing it last in the set and we made it like really loud and my friend Emma who is playing guitar on tour just like really like slammed into her overdrive and did this really like gnarly solo at the end and I remember always like people in the crowd like getting a little bit still and not really knowing what was going on because it was so loud and so um but it was so fun and it and it felt so right and 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 it was kind of it was one of my favorite parts of of the set every single night um yeah and I and I think it it, yeah, it felt really good to do just to do something different and do something that other people didn't necessarily expect. Yes. Like, I'm with you on that. And that like, I love making pretty things. And for a while, I actually even felt ashamed sometimes of making really pretty things because I'm like, yeah. does this not have substance if it's really pretty? Mm-hmm. Got caught in the same like overthinking trap. Um, and then I'm like, what if I want to layer 70 vocals like Enya? I can totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> There's no rules on being Enya. I can be Enya. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, you yeah. know, stuff like that. But then also, you know, I love what you said about performance. I performed with a friend of mine that similarly, like, she does a performance art piece as um, a golem out for social justice. Mm. <laughs> it's like, no one is anticipating. Like, no, no one, no one's expecting that's what's about to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I would like do live scores on like the harmonium and the toy piano and stuff. And it's like, so I love that moment that you talked about where like people get still because all of a sudden, like they see people who are, you know, presenting as female, all of a sudden doing something that's not like coded female at all. And they're just like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's that glorious moment of like, yes, we too can be messy and confrontational in like this really exciting way that you were just not expecting. Um, it was <laughs> yeah. so much fun, like writing sidecar to her art. Like, I think I was, I was the solo and she was like the person in front basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And so I was like, I miss that experience. Like I, I do miss like being able to play live. I don't know if you've had the experience of like live streaming and stuff like that over this time. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that I really enjoyed watching, but I personally like, I feel like I'm like live band karaokeing my songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it really didn't, it did not do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like this is someone's vibe and I respect the people who do it well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not one of them, but that is okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I was thinking also what you were talking about, about, you know, kind of like taking writing seriously. And I was curious, like, were there any other things that you did either during this time or before that like sparked that passion that you did take as seriously as writing or that you have done that like kind of had the gravitas of your music that then showed you like, wait, you can actually do this in a different way. Like, I'm curious, I'm like, what are you, what are the other things that you've been doing or that you're passionate about that kind of help like shift your perspective? Hmm. Mm. That's a good question. I mean, there... It's been so, I, 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 I make music in such, um, like concentrated ways. Like I'm not someone who's like constantly writing and constantly recording. It's just not the kind of creative person I am at this point in my life. Um, and so like for the last album, I like wrote, it was a little, little bit spread out, but I wrote a lot of it just like in one time and then um the recording was spread out over over a long period of time but I I don't know like I'm not it like takes a lot for me to to like get into a creative music zone um and the rest of the time I'm just like vaguely thinking about it and like hoping that I will feel interest in trying to make a song (laughs) um really and so I I actually think, I know you asked like, what are other things that I feel like have contributed to this, but I, I really think it was just like music, like being in music zone itself and, mm. and playing with a band I think was, um, was just incredibly in, inspiring um, for me, even just playing my own songs, but like playing them, like this band that I went on tour with is the most shows I've played with, with like a single group of people. Um, yeah like one like one like one group over many shows and yeah we played our my release shows together and then did this two-week tour and I it was so I just haven't experienced that yet um in my music life and it was so um great and exciting to like feel my songs take on new life in this live form and with these musicians that I just absolutely like loved and trusted and felt like I could really lean on um and I, and that was, I, that felt, that felt new to me. That felt like a new, a new way for me to feel like inspired around my own songs and what I've already made. And also in like bringing me new ideas for what is possible for, for the future, especially because when I was recording this album, I was doing it, you know, in my friend's apartment and it was just the two of us. Yeah. Um, most of most for most, mostly everything on the record and the other instruments were recorded, you know, piecemeal and then, yeah. Put together. And so, yeah, I think it, like you said, like I, there's just, 
like playing live with people um just you can't like replicate that um and i think especially after having not done it for a long time it felt really really like important and special when i when i got to so i think in this these few months where i'm not playing any shows for a while i think i'm trying to like remember what that feeling was like and um and and might go into like recording and writing in um in a new way that um that is maybe inspired by how it felt to play this the, the songs from the last record live with this band if that makes sense that was a long answer <laughs> i like long answers <laughs> no that makes sense because it's different when you're writing from a place of um kind of like if you're writing from a place of how am i going to play this live it actually like informs what you're doing differently like when there's musicians that you really trust to play those parts live with you mm-hmm. it's very different than like how might i record this based on maybe like what I hear in my head, but might not be something that like a group of people would play with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like it shifts your perspective a lot, especially like, I don't know, like how many instruments you play or like all that kind of different stuff. But when I'm working with people who play instruments that I don't, I find like a totally new perspective on my song because they'll create things that I wouldn't have thought of because I don't have that familiarity with that instrument. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and being, I haven't played, I haven't ever recorded with people who I've also played live with. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it makes me want to. It makes me want to like find ways to like make a song and build out a song with a musician that then I continue to play it with um, over and over again. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't ever done that. But it's the idea of it is exciting to me now. <laughs> I was like, do they all live? Do they live in the same city as you? Like the people? That- um, right now, we all live in Chicago, but um, there is a chance that uh, my bassist Claire might be moving to LA. So, uh oh, I yeah, it's I was. <laughs> It's pretty disappointing, but of course we can continue to, we can find ways to keep playing together, but it was, yeah. it's like, oh, I finally found someone I love playing with and now she's moving, but it's all right. We're going to make it work. We'll all have to come visit us here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll all make it, make it over. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. There's certain people that once you find the people that you click with, like once you find your music crew, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it's almost like dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, it is. Or you're just like, yes, you, you are one of the constellation. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it is like that. <laughs> it's like the best feeling. So I was just like, no, I, I hope that, I mean, I selfishly, I'm like, I'm from LA and I'm always just like, oh, everyone should experience the weirdness of my city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah (laughs) it's there for you and that all of you get to visit because it's Mm. a magical location (laughs) (laughs) i'm curious what it's so interesting talking to people during this time when we're basically like oh no society it's broken um (laughs) 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 i thinking even about like moving around to different cities it's like what has kept you feeling connected to, I guess, like being in Chicago or being where you are? Like, have you found that like throughout the times when, you know, we have been able to like go out and about or even like our virtual local communities, have you found yourself more tied to where you are at all during this time? Mm, Yes and no. I think that there was like last summer and fall when people were kind of going out and doing things again. Um, I was, I went to so many shows. I was just so excited to be going to shows and me and my friends were, we went to a lot of shows. Um, and I loved, I loved it. And I love that part about being in Chicago is there are so many incredible bands and a lot of bands and musicians that I'm friends with that I feel really good supporting. Um, and I feel really grateful to like have us all in one place. It really feels so special. And I, I mean, I'm from here, so I don't know what it's like to live anywhere else um, and be a musician, but I don't know, Chicago does feel like better than most places. <laughs> um, it just feels different to me. Um, and I don't, it's like hard to imagine having this kind of community anywhere else. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, at the same time, it also, it is hard to, it has been hard to feel connected to people, um, and to other, other musicians or other, like there, I have this like list in my head of, of, of people I want to become better friends with that I haven't been able to for two years (laughs) because there's just, there isn't room for like casual, like relationship building, like everything is intentional, you know, and the people who I've gotten really close with, I, I'm so happy to have gotten close with, but it's because I've only been hanging out with 10 people over the last year and a half. Um, (laughs) and you know, it's like, I, I've seen, we, there's so many friends I have who, you know, we always see each other at shows and we can always count on like, I can always count on them being at whatever show I'm going to and, and, and knowing we'll see each other there, but we like missed this year of of actually being able to like have conversations and and be close with people and it it does feel a little bit now like when I go to shows like we're a little bit stuck in this like surface zone of like being in relationship with each other and and it feels hard to get to get past that um especially like right now when it's everything is so up and down and back and forth and it feels like impossible to like rely on any expectation or yeah um you know and so it's it's like oh I can think of all these all these folks who I'm like grateful to be in community with but I don't actually feel that close to um and that I think that part feels feels hard yeah it's like a weird liminal time in that way like I hear you on that especially because there there are people that like we don't have like you said like you know, there's your inner circle of people, which your inner circle can't contain like 50 people. That's going to be like five or 10 people. Yeah. And then, you know, it's not that there's not room for other kinds of connection. It just means that you can't always have that, like that deep inner connection with Mm -hmm. that many people. And so all those social ties are important though. Like people in kind of all those valent shells mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah the really antiquated model of the atom that just sprang to mind <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. little, kind of like you drop the pebble in and then all the pools ripple out it's like mm-hmm. but those are important and it's like you know I miss that too it's like going to shows in LA you usually see a lot of people even though I don't know if Chicago is the same way there's like multiple like music bubbles Mm. and then they all kind of have these little like Venn diagram overlap yeah yeah and so it's really fun going out and like seeing everybody and like you do also sometimes then meet people from like an overlapping little bubble that Mm -hmm. then one of your friends knows and then like it's all of that that's kind of like it's not that those are people that are disposable. They're just not in the inner circle. And it's yeah, like, those are yeah. the ties that like I've been missing as well. It's a very, mm-hmm. like, it's a very weird thing. And yeah, I was asking about like the community thing because it struck me that especially online, we form interests, or, uh, we form communities around interests. Whereas like wherever we are, we, we form them geographically. Right. Sometimes that can actually like diversify our interests because we're just bumping into people. We're not like seeking out people that have something that we're already interested in. Right. And I think that's another thing actually that I've been thinking about is that that reminds me of is, is that at, at the same time, like being, having so many friends who are musicians and feeling like I'm only socializing or hanging out with other musicians, it, it's starting to feel very tiring and um, <laughs> like boring and also it's it's impossible I think to not to to not have these like latent um like jealousies and and competitive things come up yeah it's not like I I think it I think that it's just so it's so second nature to people to and that's what we're taught that's what you know like capitalism teaches us and and um it's what we learn is is to be in competition with each other and I and it's so boring and it's so unhelpful and, and it's so destructive. And, and I, yeah, I think that I have, I've really been craving um, like friend relationships with like outside of music, completely outside of yeah. music. Um, but that like, I, that connects to what I was saying is that it's so, it's hard to do when we don't have these like casual ways of interacting with each other right now. Yeah. And in Chicago, it's, you know, it's been 12 degrees all week so we can't you know we can't go on a walk really (laughs) for more than 20 minutes like it's just not possible and we can't sit outside or you know hang it's and so it's 
it, it, I do feel this like challenge of um, like, how can I, how can I make my community more robust and not mm -hmm. like, I love my music, my music friends, but I don't, I don't want to be friends with only musicians. Like I want my world to be bigger than that. Yeah. Well, it's like you were saying even about, you know, like you have your Marvel movie nights right. it's like <laughs> outside of what you do. Like that was, by the way, it's so funny that you were talking about the weather. I was like, last night it was like 70 and windy. And today it's like cold and rainy. Mm. And that's why I keep like scratching my nose is that my nose itches. I'm like, <laughs> because of the weather change or what happened. But I woke up this morning and I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> we're having weather in Los Angeles. What's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's having things that are outside side of your usual scope because even like you're saying about like writing music you can sometimes become like almost like overly precious about it and it puts that focus too much on it where it's almost like you know it's like if you treat it kind of like like a cat mm. you let the cat come to you yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's like that when you have a broader circle like you can then the music can come in. Like you said that you, you wait until you feel like, oh, I, I want to wait until I feel drawn to do this. I want to wait until yeah. I feel drawn to write, but you have to have something else that's kind of in that landscape a bit. Otherwise it becomes a game of like, don't look, don't look. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm curious, what other communities do you like to interact with a lot? Like what other communities are important to you that you look forward to kind of like rejoining when we can mm. write a bit again? Well, I have, um, well, one of my friends, one of my good friends, Stella, she's, she, she films, she, we made a music video together recently. Um, and I am so, um, she's so good. And I love spending time with her because, um, because she knows the things in that world that I don't know. And, um, we can always talk about movies together and she's always, she always has a suggestion, um, of something I should watch that I haven't seen. And, and I really like love film world, but don't know anything about it. Um, and so I, like, I, I think that's, I enjoy spending time with her for, I mean, for many reasons, but that's one reason. And I, uh, yeah, I think people, like people, I mean, I'm always going to be drawn to like creative people, but um, like like folks who are in like visual art world, like that's another world that I just don't, I just don't really know anything about or have any yeah. like access to, um, but that still like excites me and, and interests me. Um, and yeah, it just feels, I like being around, spending time with people who, um, who I just, who I feel like can tell me things about the world that I don't know um yeah that's yeah that's that's just it's really fun and, and exciting for me it's been uh, it's been one of the joys actually of doing this podcast is that I had an excuse to talk to people that had a different perspective on yeah. the world than I did like at least once a week I could be like oh, a new human yeah, yeah. who sees things through different eyes than I do I'm right. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. yeah. When you were talking about writing your songs, even that you said that, you know, now you're kind of freeing yourself up to have it be based on like an emotional experience you had, but it's like, it's like based on true life events. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be that truth. I find that the more I talk to people who have a variety of experiences, the more I'm able to tap into that and the more empathy I have for that, even when I'm taking in other stories too. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It affects the way, I don't know about you, but it affects the way that I even take in art sometimes if I think about like, oh, you know, like I'm having this emotional resonance. Oh, I thought about this other thing. This person had told me about their experience. Oh, maybe that's what this, and it's like, mm -hmm. all of a sudden mm -hmm. I turn into the math lady meme. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important though. And it makes me, um, it makes me feel like I am like an, being an active participant in my life and in the world. Not that I think anyone should have any expectations around like productivity or anything right now. I, uh, right. I think people should feel permission to do and think and feel as little as they want to. Um, but I, I do welcome the moments when I feel like I can, like I'm making connections and like I'm building upon my own ex experiences and like, 
because it's I don't know it's easy especially right now like things things just feel kind of boring right now yeah. <laughs> and like and bleak and and yeah. uh yeah and not um and just and it, so so when I have I have a moment of like feeling feeling like I'm learning or feeling like I'm growing or um I I, I that's that's the stuff I feel hungry for yeah well in the learning and the growing like I like that you said that, you know, no one should have to feel like they have to be productive or that they have to feel a certain way. It's like divorcing that meaning from productivity. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're very right. That's very like internalized capitalism where it's just like, oh, you're learning something. Are you going to monetize it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, no, I'm learning something because I enjoy the fulfillment of discovery. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's the whole story. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's a really important thing to tap into during this. The I don't even know what to call it anymore. Um, <laughs> for a while I was like making up fun names for it. And I have like, I've run out. I'm like the pancetta, the panacea. <laughs> <laughs> um, all sorts mm-hmm. of things. But like at this point it's showing us so much about like how society was structured at least western society was structured and how um mm-hmm. uh, terribly flawed that is yeah <laughs> um, yes so we're like cool let's uh let's not do that that is going poorly let's do something right <laughs> 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 And I like your idea of like, oh, what can I do? Well, I could read a book without even looking at the clock or like I had to, Mm -hmm. I don't know if this experience happened to you. I had to like teach myself, like again, despite my love of reading that it was okay to read with say like my phone not nearby. Cause I actually had to like, what if there's an emergency? I'm like, you know what? If there's an emergency bad enough that like, I need to have my phone next to me, like maybe I wouldn't be able to solve it with my phone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, and knowing that like when I have free time, I don't have to, I don't have to fill it, fill it up. Um, I don't have to make the most of it. Um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Sims. I redownloaded The Sims lately. Recently, I used to play when I was a kid a lot, and then yeah. didn't play for years because, as I'm remembering now that I have downloaded it again, I have a huge problem. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, like it's, it's the one, it's the one thing really that I can do without thinking about literally anything else for two hours. Amazing. I won't look at my phone. I won't think about food. I won't look, I won't check my messages. I won't uh-huh. look at my email. I will do absolutely, I can sit and play this game. It is, <laughs> I mean, it's bad, but it's also been like, wow. Like I, like the last two weeks, like that's what I've been doing every single day. And I don't, I don't regret it. I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel like I missed out on anything, honestly. Um but it's, it is wild. <laughs> that is so funny. That's, I remember playing, it was Tetris was my favorite. Mm. Personally, I never, I liked actually watching my friends play the Sims weirdly enough. A lot I, of, a lot of people I talked to have had that experience. I also experienced that when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I was so curious about like what my friends would do, but for whatever reason, I just never had it on my computer. <laughs> um, but I was obsessed with Tetris. I found it so calming but like, then I'd be like falling asleep. And literally, I, I remember as a kid, I'd see like little Tetris pieces <laughs> like falling in front of my eyes as I yeah. would like, close my eyes to go to sleep. And I, I remember in my little kid brain being like, maybe I played a little like too much Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I crossed a line somewhere. <laughs> But like that idea of giving yourself like almost like a little escape pod, whether that's like, you know, playing The Sims or playing Tetris or like, like I love to go for hikes in Griffith. Mm-hmm. That's my escape time where like, yeah, my phone is kind of like nerfed anyway, because there's no reception. Yeah. But like, I also don't feel the need to check it. It's like when I'm engaged in that, when I'm kind of like zoned out in a way, it's like yeah. coming out of one reality to like zone into another. I don't feel the desire to like right. check it. Yeah. 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 
it's like a little refresher course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some people do sensory deprivation. You, you do the Sims. <laughs> 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 yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I guess, you know, what you said struck me like a lot of a lot of people I've been talking to lately have expressed like everything feels like kind of like bleak. And I was wondering, you know, where kind of like, where does hope lie? Like, what do you hope for? What do you hope to create in the next like few months to a year and not in like a productivity way, but like what, you know, I guess, what would you want to welcome in? Mm. Um, well, one, I mean, one funny thing about playing the Sims so much is that I've created this, um, this like this balance system for myself, this like reward system yes. of like, if I play the Sims, I have to do these other things also in my day. So I have to play guitar for a little bit. I have to go on a walk with the dog, um, like work out or do like a physical activity or yeah. like do a, do something around the house. One, a couple of those things, not all of yes. them. Yeah. Um, but it has, especially right now when I don't, I mean, eventually I'm going to have to probably find a job because I'm not <laughs> making any money. But right now where I kind of have, I have all of this freedom to my time. It has allowed me to think about what I actually want to do with my time yeah. um, and what I don't, what I, what I, uh, and what I don't have to, but feel like yeah. I should for some reason. Yeah. Um, and, and the things I do want to do are, are play guitar when I don't, when I'm not like trying to finish something, but just when I want to play a little bit. Um, and, and even if it's cold, usually once I'm out in the middle of a walk, I am enjoying myself and I do enjoy the fresh air and I've been getting really into like working out at home, um, yeah. and doing it almost every day. And, and that, and it's funny, but it's, it's been something that I've really been looking forward to and has really like motivated my days and, um, yeah. given me little bursts of energy. So I think doing more things like 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 that that feel um that are not like tied to to any like end product or result yeah. um but just feel like like good ways for me to get through a day um which oftentimes is like all I can really ask for um because yeah. not all days are good and I think if I but when I when I when I finish the day knowing that I did maybe a couple of things that that I that made me feel good that were just for me, um, yeah, that that feels like reward enough. So that's 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 kind of my focus, I think, for the time being. I like that a lot, and I like the reflection of like that you did something that helped you get through the day that felt like authentic to you that fueled you because mm -hmm. that is true that because we do sadly live in late stage capitalism all of us at some point are like oh, I guess I have to do like a job thing where they give me money stuff <laughs> um <laughs> and I think a lot of artists are sometimes reluctant to talk about that because there's this image that like we just live on the, the clouds and emotions um but <laughs> yeah 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 I mean yeah and the truth is I have to I I have a time limit of like I think I can go this long without trying to find a job yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. and I'm lucky enough that I've been able to go in and out of that and have moments where I'm like going to work and moments when I'm doing my other job yeah. <laughs> of music but it's yeah I, I do think folks maybe don't realize at least at this stage when yeah. as as a non-pop star um right. But it's, it's a constant like reckoning of how, how to, how to make it work. Yes. And that if you do take on a job outside of music, that doesn't make you suddenly like not a musician. Right. And so it's like, it's a balance back and forth. And it's like, I do love the idea though, that your main focus is like what, you know, what just helps you navigate through the day and what actually feels fulfilling for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it feels good. <laughs> that I love that. And I, I love that you've been given, like, I think we've all in some ways been given kind of like the gift of little pockets of that time during the last few years to tune mm -hmm. in, like, what is it that actually fuels us? And yes, sometimes you do have to make the compromise of like, you know, like taking a job temporarily or things like that. But it's like, 
to focus on not that defining you, but what are the things that actually make you feel like you? Yeah. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Speaking of time, I was like, thank you so much for being so generous with yours. Oh yeah, of course. I <laughs> appreciate you um, having me and, and inviting me to join you in chat. Oh, thank you for, for virtually coming to the living room. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.